Hi everyone and welcome again to another service from Stapleford Baptist Church, an online service hopefully coming to you from YouTube. You're hopefully, hopefully looking at that together this morning or this afternoon, whenever it is that you're tuning in. It's great to be able to do it and uh, I pray that it'll be a real blessing to you. Um, hopefully throughout the week you've been picking up some emails that have been sent about different things that have happened, Elders Away Day, um, and things to pray for, some sad things have been happening, some challenges for people within the fellowship, please do continue to remember them in your prayers. Uh, today we're thinking about the next part of the fruit of the spirit, so um, just got it here, freshly made, freshly coloured in, and massive, look at the size of that, faithfulness. I'm going to stick that up on the wall behind me, that's what we're thinking about today, the fruit of the spirit is faithfulness. We'll have the usual things that we do, uh, but let me pray and then I'll stick this up on the wall behind me as we uh, as we sing and head through the service together. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We're thinking about last week, all these different aspects of the fruit which you are seeking to instill in us and grow in us. Help us this morning as we pray, as we sing, as we listen to your word to uh, deepen our faithfulness towards you and each other we ask in Jesus name. Amen. 3 John verse 1. I the elder am writing this letter. I am sending it to you my dear friend Gaius. I love you because of the truth. Dear friend I know that your spiritual life is going well. I pray that you also may enjoy good health. And I pray that everything else may go well with you. Some believers came to me and told me that you are faithful to the truth. They told me that you continue to live by it. This news gave me greater joy. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are living by the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters. You are faithful even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please help them by sending them on their way in a manner that honours God. They started on their journey to serve Jesus Christ. They didn't receive any help from those who aren't believers. So we should welcome people like them. We should work together with them for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrophes will not welcome us. He loves to be the first in everything. So when I come, I will point out what he's doing. He is saying evil things that aren't true about us. Even this doesn't satisfy him, so he refuses to welcome other believers. He also keeps others from welcoming them. In fact, he throws them out of the church. Dear friend, don't be like those do who do evil. Be like those who do good. Anyone who does what is good belongs to God. Anyone who does what is evil hasn't really seen or known God. Everyone says good things about Demetrius. He lives in keeping with the truth. We also say good things about him, and you know that what we say is true. I have a lot to write to you, but I don't want to write with pen and ink. I hope I can see you soon, and then we can talk face to face. May you have peace. The friends here send their greetings. Greet each one of the friends there. 
Okay, so welcome back, and uh, we're thinking, as I said, about this word faithfulness. I've put it right above me because I was getting confused last week. I don't know if you noticed, I didn't know which way uh, to point. So we've got this word faithfulness that we're thinking about together this morning, this fruit of the Spirit. And if you sort of pull it apart, then I, I guess that, you know, you, you faithfulness, or faithful, the first part of it, is faith that is full, or you could say full of faith that's what we're thinking about isn't it that idea that that we can be full of faith and, and when that faith is is full there's a sense in which it will keep going if we're faithful we will keep going so there's different definitions that you can pick up i came across this one and quite liked it let me share it with you it says faithfulness is the concept of unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something and putting that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances now that's quite long i know let me read it again uh, but you get the gist hopefully of, of what it's trying to say faithfulness is the concept of unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something and putting that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances in other words when it's tough, when it's hard, when things go over time, it's faithfulness. You know, you can't test faithfulness over a week, can you? It has to be over a lifetime, over over a longer period of time. We, you know, we get the uh, the the joke, I guess, or, or the humour that comes from an illustration like one that I saw this week, where a guy walks into a photo shop. This is before the days when you can just take your phone out and snap a photo. And he's got a picture of his girlfriend, and he loves this picture, and he wants to get a copy. And so he goes into this photo shop and he hands it over and the guy behind the counter takes it from him and carefully takes it out of the frame. And as he takes the back off, he sees these words just written on the back. My dearest Tom, I love you with all my heart. I love you more and more each day. I will love you forever and ever. I am eternally yours. Signed, Diane. And that's great, isn't it? We just think, oh, isn't that lovely? But then there was a little PS at the bottom. And this is what it said. If we ever break up, I want the picture back. It seems to sort the world in which we live, doesn't it? Which I think can be summed up like this. I will be faithful as long as I feel like it. As long as things are going well. As long as there's something in it for me, I'll be faithful. But that's not really what faithfulness is. In fact, I don't think it's a word we often use for that reason. I don't think that it's a priority for many people. It's just not something that's, that's there. You see, the definition puts that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances now i'm not saying there are you know everybody's unfaithful i don't mean that at all i just don't think it's the priority that it used to be often i mean you still see it you still see it in people looking after parents and loved ones and different things i'm not saying you know it's not existent in the world but i don't think it's as high in the priorities as, as we often think and certainly in the church it should be because it's a huge biblical concept something that we should be um, thinking through and uh, and applying to our lives and, and hopefully growing in as we go through and of course that's what we're thinking about today that's what God wants to do faithfulness is often shown when we don't feel like it but we keep going isn't it we thought last week about God being good goodness I'm not even going to try and point I've got no idea where I put it when I put those up behind me today goodness and, and I said you can't really think about goodness without first thinking about God well actually that's exactly the same with faithfulness 
So our first point is the faithfulness of God. And I, and I want to think about this because it's just such an encouragement to us. It, it, we need to know it. It has to be one of the, the deep foundations of our Christian lives that we know that God is faithful and that we can trust him and he will prove himself again and again and again in our lives. The faithfulness of God. Well, you know, just thinking about that, I'm, I'm sure you can guess what song's been going around in my head this week. And now it's going to be going around in yours uh, for the rest of the sermon, I'm sure. But it's that, it's catchy tune, isn't it? Uh, that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, O God my Father. And we see this faithfulness again and again in the Old Testament. Now, I didn't have time to go through and, and pull out lots of different illustrations. I've gone for one that might seem a little bit strange, but it does prove God's faithfulness. God was faithful and consistently faithful to the people of Israel, even by sending them into exile. Now that might sound a bit strange, as I said, but actually the reason that the people of Israel go into exile in the Old Testament, you can read about it, the reason is because God had told them that was what would happen if they didn't do certain things, if they didn't keep their relationship with him and keep trusting him and keep obeying him, and they didn't do those things. So as hard as it was, God brought them into exile. The Babylonians came uh, and overran them and they ended up in exile. And actually that is a sign of God's faithfulness. You see, we can rely on God to be faithful to his word. It's what gives us hope and strength both for the future and for the present. Now the reason I picked that is because... That illustration of God's faithfulness is because if you've ever read the book of Lamentations, you will know it's hard going. It's a lament. It is a long lament. And, and it's about the destruction of Jerusalem, be, Jerusalem being destroyed, the, God's people going into exile. The people feel that they have no, uh, no future, no hope. You know, all that, that was promised, all that's gone before has come crashing down and they're gone. And if you read the book, you, know, you, can, you can feel it. You can, you can feel that that's, that's what's going on in people's lives. And yet, right in the middle of the book, we get these two verses. It says this, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, the author of Lamentations knew, which may well have been Jeremiah, the author of Lamentations knew that God was still in control. That God knew what he was doing and actually he was being faithful to his promises. And so he knows that if that's the case, then this God, even though these are difficult times, is still worth trusting in and is still bigger than the situation. You know, I took a, a funeral on Friday uh, of somebody. We read Romans chapter 8, just those last verses 31 to 39. And I just wanted to show people how God was bigger than the biggest things that we face. God is bigger than the biggest things that we face. And I was saying that I could have confidence in that word of God because it is God's word. I sent an email out this week. Um, hopefully you've received it if you're on email. Um, if you're not, you, hopefully you'll get through the post at some point. Uh, but it was talking about the different things that we've been looking at as elders, but I just wanted to pull out this reliance upon God's faithfulness. So it included this verse, Hebrews chapter 10, and verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. We hold on to the hope unswervingly. Why? Because it is our duty? No. 
Because it's good for us? No. Because we're told to? No. Actually not because of us. We hold on to it because he is faithful. The faithfulness of God is a huge comfort to us even when we're going through it. It was to the author of Lamentations. God is faithful. If he's promised to do something, he will do it. God is faithful. Now, of course, he wants to produce that faithfulness in his children, in his people, those that he calls to him. We've been thinking in this fruit, haven't we, about the fruit and how God wants to produce that fruit in us. It's no different with this faithfulness. He wants us to be people who are characterised by faithfulness just as much as we are by goodness, kindness, patience, peace, joy and love, if we sort of take them backwards. He wants us to be faithful. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. So when Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, I love this, this um, beginning bit. It's just the first verse of Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Imagine getting that from the apostle. He thinks we're faithful. He thinks we're being faithful. We're, we're continuing in Christ. We're faithful in Christ Jesus. What an encouragement that would have been, wouldn't it? The faithful in Christ Jesus. Or in Matthew 25, Jesus shares the parable of the talents. Uh, if you've got a new version of the NIV, I think it's called the parable of the bags of gold. But the idea is that this guy entrusts three different servants with these different talents or these different bags and, and two of them go away and they, they use what they've been given and they come back and they've made something with it. And then there's a third guy who just buries it in the ground. But the important thing is that Jesus says to the first two, when they come back, he says that the master says to the first two, well done, good and faithful servant. They've taken what God has given and they've used it. And then they've seen an increase. And the parable is not about making money. It's about using the resources that God has given us. Can you imagine those words? You, you use what God has given you, the gifts and the resources that he's given you. And on that last day, you stand before him and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, that's the highest praise you would ever need, isn't it? Well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus is challenging us to be faithful in what we've been given, to use it in our words, to show it to other people. I finally got to our reading. Sorry, it's taken so long. That reading that Phil read to us from uh, the third letter of John. And we see here that John writes to Gaius. And really, it's this challenge that's, that's taken up. Gaius has been using his resources, using the gifts that God has given him. He's been using them. And John has become aware of it. So in the third letter, he wants to write to him and he wants to encourage him because of his faithfulness. His faithfulness that has been seen in his actions. John's heard something and he's thought, right, where's my pen? I want to write. I want, I want to tell Gaius that he's doing a good job. Gaius is in a church where um, the leader is most probably this guy called Diotrephes, um, as, as we heard about in the reading. And he's, he's, going, he's going off the rails. He's not welcoming brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 10, he's also putting people out of the church who do welcome them. It seems that he's seeking to use the church for his own ends. It's all become about him because, as John tells us in verse 9, he loves to be first. He's, he's got a skewed. He's, he's forgot it's God's church. He thinks it's his church and it's about him. Now, you know, this is a tough situation, as it would be today. Gaius is caught up in the middle of it. 
potential church split, different sides, nasty fallout, what does he do? What does he do? Well, John writes to encourage him that actually he's being faithful, verse 5. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. He keeps inviting people in. These Christian visitors that come, he extends hospitality to them. He still welcomes Christian brothers and sisters. And John sees that as him being a faithful follower of Christ. It's an obvious deed. And it's seen by others. It's an extension of his faith. And we see in verse 3, it gave me great joy. When some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling you, or telling how you continue to walk in it. Who are they, these people, these believers? Well, we don't know, do we? We don't know who they are. But I guess it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they're people that stayed with Gaius and then have gone back to John. And when they've gone back to John, they've said, you know, you need to get yourself down there to so-and-so. We don't know where it is because we're not told. Because Diotrephes is making a mess of the church, but there is a guy called Gaius who is continuing to be faithful. And what does John do? He says, right, I want to write to him. I want to encourage him because that is a tough situation. That's hard. And he's going to be struggling and he needs to know that he's got our support. And then he says he is going to go and he's going to sort out Diotrephes. He's going to go into the church and he's going to figure it all out, how the uh, different things have been going on. Diotrephes is doing damage but Gaius is remaining faithful. So John writes two letters, we're told. One to Gaius, which makes it into New Testament scripture, so there can be a benefit for us, for all the ages, and we can at least learn about one person's faithfulness, that of Gaius. And he writes another letter to the church, which doesn't make it into scripture. But John wants to show that he's got admiration, that he's pleased with, that he, he wants to encourage his faithful brother in the Lord. You know, was Gaius thinking, oh, I need to be faithful, you know, so John hears about it? I don't think so. Do you? He was holding unswervingly to the hope he professed, showing it in his daily life, even to the point when the church that he was going to was going in the wrong direction, but he remained faithful. He kept doing what was right. He kept walking in the truth, John says, verse 3. God is faithful. And he wants to produce that faithfulness in us. And he did in Gaius. And we've got that example for us in this very small letter towards the end of the Bible. So what do we learn from all this? What do we learn from all this? Well, you know, that faithfulness, that part of who God is in his faithfulness, he wants to produce it in us. He wants us to be people of faithfulness. We don't live in a time when faithfulness is high on people's agenda. It's all about me and what I want to do and how I can get something. Faithfulness is really about somebody else often. That loyalty to someone or something, as it said in that definition. In our case, it's faithfulness towards God and towards brothers and sisters in Christ. At the least, and faithfulness in other areas as well. Faithfulness to do what we say in the workplace, in family life be people of character, people of integrity, as we were thinking about last week, and keep going with it, keep doing it. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you're not sure if you can do it, then say you're not sure. Don't over-promise and under-deliver. Let's be people who are faithful. People know if we've said we're going to do something, it'll get done. 
If we say we're going to be somewhere, as far as is humanly possible for us, we'll be there. You know, I'm sure we all know people who, you know, will arrange something and then they haven't turned up. And it's, it's crushing because it's a complete waste of your time, isn't it? Well, sometimes there are situations, of course, that stop people from getting there. But be somebody who is reliable, somebody who is faithful. Let's not fall into the world's view of faithfulness. It only lasts as long as we feel like it. Let's remember, faithfulness is remaining loyal to someone and putting that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances. Will you remain faithful? Will you remain faithful to God? Is it a priority for you? How is that faithfulness seen in your life? Here, for Gaius, it was hospitality. That's what he was able to do and encourage people in that day and age. As people came through and travelled through, they wanted to find some other brothers and sisters in Christ and spend time with them. The church had said no, but Gaius had said yes. And that showed his faithfulness. What gifts has God given you that you should be using? What resources do you have that you can give to the kingdom, to the work of the gospel, to the advance of the gospel? Are you using them? You know, we may not have an apostle round waiting to write us a letter to say, you know, well done. I've heard of what you're doing. It's fantastic. We haven't got that. Someone else may do it, but they may not. But you know, the important point is that God sees it. God knows. And God is seeking to produce it within us. Let's be people of faithfulness, even when we don't feel like it. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we thank you that, that one of the big building blocks in our lives as Christians is your faithfulness. It's just a huge encouragement to us. It gives us uh, hope in difficult situations, a hope that we can hold to unswervingly because you are faithful. And Lord, we thank you that you want to produce that in us. And, uh, you know, many of us have been faithful in certain situations. We pray that we will continue to be so. We pray that we be marked as people of faithfulness, that if somebody says something of us, they, they would know that if we said we're going to be there, we'll do our best to be there. If we said we're going to do something, we'll do our best to do something. Please help us to be those people, Lord, we pray. Grow this fruit within us that we may honour you and see the extension of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Well, we're going to sing together um, and I, I hope you have a, a good rest of the day. It's prayer meeting this afternoon, uh, so come to that 4.30 on Zoom and uh, God bless and see you soon.